0: Hey, it's Danielle. Would you like a $50 Amazon gift card? Here is how you enter a chance to win. Right now, Failing Motherhood is turning four years old and it's almost Mother's Day. So we're doing an annual drive for ratings and reviews, which are huge for search rankings, for potential listeners to find us and for them to size up the quality of the podcast. So if you have been enjoying Failing Motherhood, whether this is your first few times listening or you've been here the whole time, I'm offering extra incentive to put in a quick two to three sentence review inside Apple. When you leave yours, screenshot it and then send it to me over Instagram DM or email. And I am going to give one listener that leaves a review a $50 Amazon gift card on Mother's Day. We have some really exciting failing fatherhood episodes coming up. So please follow the podcast if you haven't yet and leave that rating or review so that more moms and more parents know they are not alone if they feel like they're failing their child on a daily basis. We need each other and I'm so grateful you are here. and get ready to hear some hope from the trenches. You belong here, friend. We're so glad you're here. Hey, it's Danielle. I think this is going to be one of my most favorite episodes, and I'm going to dive right in, but I have to give you a quick disclaimer. This is a step-by-step guide of how to feel like you're failing. And this came from a consultation I had with a family this past week, and the mom told me, I am so afraid to try anything else because I don't want another reason to feel like I'm failing. And I've heard a similar sentiment from the last few families that I have met with, and I just want to turn this idea on its head. I want to be able to broaden your perspective and shed light on this misconception that I think is more prevalent than we think it is. If you don't think that you're thinking this, you might be. So this is my take at addressing it. And this is a bit of a cheeky approach at what truly makes you feel like you're failing, to help you see your own behavior, your own thought process, and decisions in new light. So There is lots of sarcasm to come. This advice is meant to be taken in humor, not seriously. You are not allowed to take a quote or a clip out of context and post it on social media and cancel me, okay? I am not telling you this is what actually to do. But sometimes I really feel like it's important to hear things in a different way to realize how truly absurd some of the things we're believing are. So... This is your step-by-step guide of how to feel like you're failing at parenting or motherhood in general, okay? Number one, discount your entire past. The environment, interactions, and DNA that coded and downloaded the software that you've been running on autopilot for 30 years, that has nothing to do with how you just reacted just now. Not even a little bit, okay? Okay. You have complete control to do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, with no effort spent overriding those instincts. So put no thought into what made you who you are and why you think the way you do. Not relevant. Go ahead and discount that completely. Number two, take the blame for everything. You should know better. Obviously, because you have parented this kid at this age before, plenty of times. You have a degree in it, for goodness sake. You have nothing else going on in your life to distract from it, in the least. So since it's all on you, find your worth in their behavior. They're not their own person. You can absolutely expect their half-baked, brand-new brain to manage stress way better than you, and when they don't, it's definitely your fault take full responsibility, and become so consumed with shame that you keep both of you from finding the support you need. Sounds great. Number three, gaslight yourself. You don't know what you're talking about. You haven't spent the majority of every waking and sleeping moment with them since they were conceived. Your in-laws definitely have much clearer insight into their personality and quirks and needs, and yours too, while you're at it. So poll the audience plus a million other complete strangers on the internet and make all your decisions based on what their conflicting opinions say. Then you'll feel confident. No problems. Number four, overload your brain. It has an unlimited capacity, on par with AI and the Energizer Bunny. So go ahead and intake fragments and crumbs of information at a near constant breakneck speed. Don't take the time to process anything. Always on to the next piece. Oh, and never apply any of it. Just keep it all up there as blackmail for your conscience because now you have every right to feel terrible when you don't do all the things that it says you should. Sounds great. Number five, go ahead and put yourself last. Surely nothing can go wrong when you set out to drive around town all day on an empty tank of gas. Put nothing in and then expect everything. Work yourself to the bone and then do it again tomorrow. No long-term repercussions. None. Number six, value your money more than your time. Relationships are nice to have. Fill your time with all your obligations to everyone outside your home. And then with the crumbs you have left, collect resources the hardest and most tedious way possible. It's not worth learning from someone who's dedicated their life's work to this. You have years and years to spend catching up to them on your own. So go ahead and spend all the time you need. It's not like you'll never get it back. Number seven. Take on an unpaid side gig. Moonlight has an adult continuing education instructor. Sure, it doesn't pay well, but go ahead and take the time to reiterate everything you're learning to another equally competent adult with equal access to the internet. They can't be held responsible to initiate their own growth. Do it for them. They won't resent you at all for making them feel inadvertently incompetent and below you. Sounds like a great use of your time. Number eight, overthink everything. It's all equally important. How much screen time they watch today, what snacks they eat, how much you yell, how quickly they fall asleep. Fixate on all of the bad. You'll only see more of it, but maybe if you obsess enough, you'll finally get ahead of it. Don't prioritize. It'll all work out. Number nine, believe the first thought that comes in your head. Right away, never question it. There's no other way to explain what just happened. While you're at it, assume negative intent always. For example, believing that they did it on purpose, it's manipulation, it's personal, things are hopeless. That's an accurate assessment 100% of the time. Number 10 try to reap the rewards with none of the risk. So if you want and need a full retirement complete with travel plans around the world, never open a 401k. When someone tells you a stock is doing well, just go ahead and buy one. That should do it. You paid thousands to learn statistics or accounting or biology and all these things in college for, you know, no real reason that affects your day-to-day life. But go ahead and learn the bare minimum about parenting. You're definitely going to get your money's worth out of all of those irrelevant generals that you crammed in college. But parenting? Who would use that in real life? So go ahead and want and need all those retirement rewards, like relationships with your kids when they're adults, You know, happy, healthy, contributing citizens and society, really quality, well-rounded mental health for everyone in your family. But yeah, just, you know, bare minimum, random things on the side. Sure, it'll be fine. Number 11, embody the ethos of an insane person. Change nothing and believe everything will be different tomorrow. Your child will be a whole day older, so perhaps they'll just outgrow everything that was a problem today. Or change everything, and then try it for one day, and then abandon the ship. You gave it a good run. Research was administered with the accuracy of a pharmaceutical test, and all variables were accounted for, surely. Checked all the boxes. Nothing else could possibly be it. So obviously you can see that I am being facetious here (laughs) and and playfully poking holes at a lot of the way that we tend to act without knowing it, setting ourselves up to fail, just making it completely necessary and guaranteeing that we're going to feel like we're failing by doing One or all of these things on a day to day basis. But I want to further illustrate this with one more example or analogy. So let's say you love yoga. You love how your body feels when you do it. You would love to learn how to do some of the inversions or like the balance poses and feel like a badass, strong and capable with the flexibility to keep up with and do more in your day to day life. But you get confused often because you're only doing the free YouTube videos. You're not sure how to do exactly what they're saying. You know that your body's not looking like their body because there's no one there in real life. They can't see you to guide you and individualize it or show you how to make accommodations or change the pose. And you struggle to be consistent because there's no commitment level or accountability. No one knows that you wake up and intend to do it that day, you're only promising yourself, so you end up not doing it more than doing it and beat yourself up for it. So would it be true then that you would fail at an in-person class, especially if you could stay afterwards and ask the instructor a few questions? Would it be safe to assume you would fail if you signed up for like a certification program? If you had to commit to it weekly at a time that worked for you, tell not only yourself that you'll be there, but the instructor and the others in that small group would be expecting you, and you would be taught the well-rounded skill set that you would need to be able to master some of the more complex poses you're dying to learn. Would it make sense to count yourself out from that experience, or is that actually where you'd make the most progress and thrive? So you might see in that analogy how investing in a proven program with a mentor who knows you and your family over a period of months to have the support, consistency, and individualization you need to troubleshoot and implement things and see the change pay off over time Alongside other families to show you that you're not alone, making slow, sustainable shifts with every question answered along the way, with a true commitment and investment holding you accountable to make the most of it, is actually not another opportunity to feel like you're failing. In fact, it is the opposite. So if you're tired, of taking the more arduous road toward the day-to-day life and relationships that you desire. And you want to take the truly easier road that makes much more sense, all things considered, and includes the level of support that you truly deserve. Schedule your consultation to learn more. I hope that I've challenged your thought process a little bit. I hope that you can see yourself in a new light I hope that you can find humor in the way that you have been responding and not take yourself too seriously, but instead just take the weight off your shoulders and give yourself permission to maybe consider something that you have ruled out before. I believe in you and I'm cheering you on. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Failing Motherhood. Your kids are so lucky to have you. If you loved this episode, take a screenshot right now and share it in your Instagram stories and tag me. If you're loving the podcast, be sure that you've subscribed and leave a review so we can help more moms know they are not alone if they feel like they're failing motherhood on a daily basis. And if you're ready to transform your relationship with your strong-willed child, and invest in the support you need to make it happen. Schedule your free consultation using the link in the show notes. I can't wait to meet you. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. I believe in you and I'm cheering you on.